With our culture's obsession with the do more, make more philosophy, it's easy to forget that do less, make more is a perfectly viable option too. In today's episode, we chat about what it means to let go of the guilt that can come with setting boundaries between work and life and how this simple mindset shift actually helps you to do your best work, take better care of your clients, and thus make more while doing less. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Sarah Magadoff, the founder of Canopy, a boutique creative studio offering brand strategy and graphic design solutions for brands with a focus on sustainability. She also pioneers the slow entrepreneur movement, a community of entrepreneurs opting out of the hustle in favor of sustainable success cultivated through healthy work-life boundaries. Sarah, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So can you tell me a little bit about what it is that you do, Sarah, and why you do it? Sure. So as you mentioned in that introduction, I help brands develop their brand strategy and then top that off with design. What I mean by brand strategy, because I know that that can be a little bit elusive for some people, is I sit down with each one of my clients and I help them craft things like their mission statement. We go over their core values. We take a close look at their closest competitors and we develop a niche for them. We do things like help them identify who their audience is, what their audience is wanting from them, help them develop a brand avatar so that they know who they're talking to as they develop their voice and as as we develop their, their visual style. And so once we've laid that foundation in place for their brand, Then we go ahead and we take a look at, okay, how do we communicate this visually? What color palette are we using? What sort of typography are we going to choose that communicates your your one-of-a-kind voice that communicates your values? Um, And then once we have all that brand styling in place, we then execute that through a comprehensive visual strategy. So everything from logo design to website design, business cards. If I'm working with a fashion brand, I'm going to design hang tags, packaging, stickers for them. So it's a really comprehensive collateral package that I end up delivering to my clients at the end of our project. Awesome. I love that sort of holistic approach um, Mm -hmm. and just how detail-oriented it can get and how you can really like completely transform the way that you think about a business or a brand based on how it looks. And I just think that the work that you do is so important in the world. Can you give us a little bit more insight? I know as entrepreneurs, a lot of us have, you know, a deeper reason or a deeper purpose or impact we're looking to create in the world. And I'm just wondering, do you have like a deeper why behind what it is that you do? Yeah, totally. Um, It's so funny that you asked that question. 
because it's very appropriate. My, what I love, my favorite part of the branding process is at the beginning, when I sit down with my clients, that's one of the first questions that I ask them is, why do you do what you do? And why do you care so much? And it's that second part of the question that gets me the juice for each of my clients. So I believe that all of our stories are inform the things that we're passionate about. So I like asking, like beyond asking my clients why they care so much, I like asking them, like, what what set of events or what circumstances in your life crafted you to make you the perfect person to tell your story? What I love doing is helping my clients transform their struggle into their strength. And I've had clients come up with the most brilliant responses. I had this client last year who she writes mystery novels, but she's also a public speaker and she's also um she writes for film and for television. So she came to me at this point where she was like, I do so much. I'm a multi-hyphenate and I don't know how to brand myself in a way that makes me feel cohesive. Or even when people ask me what I do, it's sort of this meandering elevator pitch. And so I asked her, well, why do you do what you do? And why do you care so much? What stories in your life have led you to this moment of being passionate about the things that you're passionate about? Um, so she took some time to think about that. And she comes back to me and she goes, Sarah, my number one struggle in life is the feeling of loneliness. And I like writing true crime because my father was actually a coroner. And so when he would come home to dinner every day, me and my siblings, my mother, my parents, we'd all gather around the table and he'd tell us these stories about his findings within these corpses. And it sounds really morbid, but for her, that was a moment where she and her family got to come around the dinner table and connect over a story. Um, and then another instance of loneliness in her life was that she lived in the country and she felt very far away from all of her friends. She felt far away from the city. She felt far away from all the bright lights and the activity and reading her mystery novels and her true crime novels allowed her to connect to these characters and be a part of the story and almost like physically feel like she's involved in solving the mystery simply by reading the story. And so we decided that for her, she does what she does because she understands that feeling of loneliness and she wants to help people through, whether it be through writing a script or doing a public speaking gig or writing a book, her stories she wants her stories to be about bringing people together. And so I guess that's a long-winded way of me saying I love helping people uncover that aha moment where they realize, oh my goodness, my entire life has been leading me up to this point. The very thing that I struggle with, I don't want people to have to deal with the same thing. So I'm going to do everything within my power to use my brand and use my product to bring health and healing to those similar shared experiences for people. I love that so much. And I think it's so fascinating how you kind of help people connect the dots mm -hmm. because I think especially 
you know, when we look at our own stories and our own personalities and perspectives, I think a lot of us come to the table with this kind of view of what things should be like, right? Mm. Like what the persona that the ideal person who had that ideal profession or was living that ideal life, what that person would actually look like. And it took me the longest time to realize that when I stopped trying to like shave off parts of my being Mm -hmm. or all of the things that actually made my story what it is, like leaving my full-time job or picking up after like living in New York for five years and moving to Colorado and living in the mountains when all I ever knew was city and suburbs. And I think just like when I started embracing all the things that I was actually passionate about and all the things that made me who I was, I started to be able to connect the dots a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens for so many of us that we're so focused on like who this person is that we should be, that we completely forget to like take a look back, connect our own dots Mm -hmm. and say, no, this is actually like a huge part of my story and this is who I am and this is how I, how I turned into it the person that I am and the work that I do in the world and why this ultimately our own missions and our own stories are so important and they like play a huge role in the work that we do. Yeah. And not to fight it or even to like look to the right or to the left and say, well, this seems to be the way people do it. So I, I guess I should just do it that way. But looking inside and going, I was built for this, actually. Everything in me is asking me to be uniquely me. And then anchoring yourself into that rather than fighting it, I think, turns us into the strongest brands and the strongest workers, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, and then just pairing it with visuals, too, can be like completely, can be such a game changer because I know especially with design work, a lot of times clients are like, I knew that this was my story, but until Mm. I actually saw it, until I could see all of the pieces like pulled together in a visual way, like now I feel more confident. Now I can embrace it. Like now I understand. Yeah. Seeing yourself reflected back to yourself, I think can be so powerful because when you're just inside your head, you don't know. You don't know how you're coming across. And so you're like, is this okay? Are people connecting to it? So then when you do that first proposal and you show your client, hey, this is what I saw out of you and this is how I want to elevate you, it actually frees them to, like I was saying, anchor back into like, okay, everything that I believed about myself, it actually is great and it's beautiful. And I want to bank on this. So yep, I'm with you. Oh, so good. So Sarah, tell me, what is the one mindset shift that's made the biggest difference for you and your business? Okay. So the biggest mindset shift that has dramatically changed the way I run my business is moving from a mindset of balance to a mindset of boundaries. And so what I mean by that is, I think when we hear the word balance, we kind of envision this like great four hour work week lifestyle, where we're just checking the emails for 30 minutes a day, swinging from a hammock on a beach, and then just napping the rest of the time. Um, Wouldn't that be lovely, though? (laughs) I mean, hold on, let me let me pause and say that is not a bad ideal to work toward. But I think the issue that I see a lot of people come up with is they think that they have to dive right into that. And if they try that out for a few days or a few weeks, and it turns out that all the responsibilities and time demands of life, whether that be from your work or from your family or from your friends or whatever that entity is, they soon realize, ah, I can't do it. I failed. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at creating space in my life. And then it just becomes this thing of, well, I think balance is just a myth. And so 
yeah, that whole four hour work week thing, not for me. I'm just going to continue doing things that I did. I just want to say, I think it's so fascinating how quickly we go from wanting to believe something's possible to completely rejecting everything about it. (laughs) Because I think sometimes with balance in general, we think about it. And like you said, because we don't have that four hour work week or we can't see how to rearrange our schedule to make that happen, that all of a sudden we just push it away like it's the furthest thing from reality and we reject everything about that concept. And I think where you're falling is somewhere in between there. So I'd love to hear. Totally. Well, what I always advise is taking one step at a time. And I think shifting from a mindset of balance to shifting to a mindset of boundaries and setting those first is a great first step. And so how that shows up in my life is by defining parts of my day where I'm not accessible. I think that our smartphones have opened up this possibility for us to be available to our clients, to our customers, to our employers at all times during the day, which means we actually don't leave work at our desks. We take it wherever we go and we take it with us by carrying our phones in our pockets. So what's really, really helped me is just by defining what hours of the day can no one reach me. So I use the first, and this is going to come across as like, I don't think I can do that for a lot of people. But for me, I use the first two hours of my day where my phone does not come on. And I use that time to meditate. I use it to journal or talk with my husband and just really ease into the day, set my intentions for the day, focus on what I want to get done. What's a priority? What am I focused on today? And as soon as I feel anchored into what my goals are for the day, that's the moment that I turn my phone on. Um, And I've also established pretty strict office hours. I, And this is also in my email signature. So all of my clients and customers know I'm in the office Monday through Friday, 9am to 4pm. And you can reach me at any time that you want during those hours. But as soon as 4pm hits, and sometimes that I, I get a little loose with that, that can be, you know, between the hours of 4 to 6pm. If anyone contacts me, shoots me a text, um, gives me a phone call, they know that I'm not going to return that communication until 9 a.m. the next morning. Same with weekends. I My weekends are sacred. I've created a boundary around those times. And I'm really upfront. I'm really upfront with my clients so they know if I, if I try to reach out to Sarah, she'll get back to me first thing in the morning or first thing Monday morning. And what that's allowed for me to experience is to be fully present in my personal time. Because we've all had that experience where we're out on a date with our partners or even out with friends and you're sort of doing this like partly talking in conversation, but you're also texting with someone and then you're just not fully enjoying being present with the person that you're with, but you're also not doing 100% of a great job with whatever task you're trying to get done in the moment. So you're really having these, trying to combine these two moments into one. When I believe that if you establish boundaries around your personal time, 
it will allow you to just fully enjoy the thing that it is that you're doing and establishing those boundaries around your work time will help you focus on getting done what you need to get done. And you'll get more out of it because you'll feel more satisfied. You'll feel more um, present and available to your clients. And so all that to say, I believe that putting strict boundaries around whether that be like a 40 minute um, wind up time in the morning can be just as powerful as say, having a four hour work week, being able to be present and anchor yourself into the moment can really give you that, that satisfaction that yeah, just being present in the moment can help you um, be productive can help you feel effective and, and really just feel satisfied with your work. So I know some people who are listening to this are definitely going, there's no way that my business allows for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that thought alone can hold so many of us back. Can you talk to me a little bit about the shift that you made and kind of your thoughts behind making this change around boundaries in your everyday life? Yeah, I was really purposeful about noticing how I worked best. Um, and because the, the nature of my work is so creative and demands such concentration, such mental concentration, that I noticed I was getting really frustrated having my phone going off, buzzing every few minutes, or even getting the dings and pings from having an open email inbox and having these constant interruptions while I'm trying to create these really comprehensive design proposals for my clients. And so for me, it came out of a necessity to be able to shut out the world and focus on one thing at a time. So I then had to ask myself, well, how do I serve my clients and their needs as they come up while at the same time focusing on and getting done the tasks that need to be done? So it was really simple for me. I just set up an hour in the morning and an hour at the end of the day where these are my email checking hours. And I don't know if you noticed, but in my email signature, it says, in effort to increase efficiency, I will be checking email twice daily. If something urgent comes up, feel free to call me or text me. I love this so much. Like it makes my heart sing. Great. Clients can't respect your boundaries if they don't know what they are. And I think most of the time we're expecting people to live by our rules when our rules are in our head mm -hmm. and no one knows to follow those boundaries if you don't clearly communicate them. And I think a lot of times when we find ourselves getting frustrated from the dings and the pings and, you know, all the different ways that people can access us, it's because we haven't communicated those boundaries. So I just love that you have this in here. And I think that everyone needs to like take this element and see how it can work in their own life. I find on the whole clients are really good at respecting boundaries. But as I said, that's only because they're communicated. <laughs> yes. And can I just say, what I do is I have this, I, at the onset of each project, I send each of my clients a welcome gift and it's this beautiful, it looks like a subscription box, but it has like a candle in it and a, and a lotion and a journal and just very beautiful things. And I included in there a, this fold out welcome note where I talk about the process and I talk about how I work and I give them guidelines for making sure that our time together goes as smoothly as possible. And so within that, I'm introducing to them all of these, these beautiful items in the box. And I say like, 
I picked this for you because it reminded me of, of your story. And I just really want this, this process to be a space for you to feel loved on. So I'm setting a tone for my clients that says, I love you. I'm loving on you. I'm excited about working with you. And then I sneak in there in this, in this note card. Here are the ways that I work. Here are my communication hours. Here's how I like to email. Here's my phone call hours. So I'm really upfront and kind about when and how I work. And what happens is I started to notice when I started doing this is that my clients start taking care of me. And so I might get a text at 7 or 8 p.m. from a client that starts with, Sarah, I know that this is your personal time. And so I totally don't want to interrupt. I just had this thought and I had to get it out of my mind. And so please feel free to not respond right now. You can respond in the morning. Totally fine. And so you're so right. When you start communicating your process and your boundaries and how you work, I find that all of a sudden people start to take care of you. And then you eliminate any of that resentment that you might start feeling when people are invading your space at moments that you feel are are personal or you're trying to focus on getting a task done and there's just a lot going on and you're feeling like you can't concentrate. So yeah, being upfront with that information creates a really, really nice culture between the service provider and the client or the customer. Absolutely. Like we mentioned here, balance is a hot topic within the entrepreneurial space. So many experts have differing opinions, so it can be hard to know what to think when it comes to juggling work and life. But my take on it is this. We fall out of balance when we start overspending our energy, when we say yes to things that don't support our priorities, when we overcommit because we're too afraid to say no. If you're struggling to shift your mindset around balance and want to start spending your time and energy in the right places to get the right results, head over to amandadennelly.com slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call. Together, we'll identify one simple mindset shift you can make to start living into your priorities so you can create a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. There are limited spots available, so go book yours today. Another thing that sometimes goes through our head is more of the feeling of guilt, right? So there's the thought that if I don't respond to this right now, they're not going to think I'm doing a good job on their project or they don't think that I'm dedicating enough time towards this or they won't think that I'm the right person for the job or whatever whatever that thought is that you're telling yourself that creates these feelings of guilt about not responding like ASAP real time in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and how would, you, like, how would you suggest addressing those feelings of guilt and how do you move out of that, that like space of feeling guilty about not responding to feeling really empowered that you're the one that gets to decide how you spend your time? Well, first of all, I've found that a client will actually respect you more when you create those clear boundaries. When you're able to say, hey, I saw your email. I can't respond to it right now because I'm I'm knee deep in working on your project and I want to do the best possible job I can at it. So I'm going to get back to you later today or in the morning 
or what have you, I think clients and customers actually feel really taken care of because they know that you're not half-assing whatever it is that you're doing. So I think it's about communicating your intention and your heart and that you're actually not trying to ignore them, but you're actually trying to do the best possible job. So yeah, I've found that people actually respect you more and they understand that you're a person who places high value on their time. And in terms of dealing with that guilt, it's so funny because I've actually talked to several other entrepreneurs who feel that same feeling of, well, if I take time for myself, even if it's during the middle of the day, say, I just want to shut off the computer, get away from my desk and go out for a walk or go out to a museum or do something that might reinvigorate me because I'm feeling kind of stuck right now. There's this immense sense of guilt. And what I think it stems from is the feeling of isolation. And you feel like, well, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way because I'm looking around and it seems like everyone is hustling, hustling, hustling. They're saying yes to everything. They're firing on all cylinders from the moment they wake up to the moment that they fall asleep. And you're sitting here feeling worn out, burnt out. And it's perfectly natural that this overwhelming sense of, oh, it's just me. I should be able to work harder, but I can't. Maybe I, maybe everyone else is, is better than me. Maybe there's a secret. And so you push yourself to work even harder, which leads to even more burnout and unsatisfaction within your business or within your job. And the thing is, we are not alone. No one is alone in feeling that need to create more space to produce creative thoughts or to just rejuvenate yourself after working for however many hours it is that you're working. And so all that to say, when you feel that guilt, understand that this is a very common thing. You're not alone. You are enough. Rest is not inactive. Rest is equipping you to do the best possible job you can. So anchor into that. Anchor into that wisdom, knowing that you're actually fueling yourself and you're actually you're actually serving your clients best when you are at your best. And I think part of that goes back to, I think our culture especially has this obsession with that do more, make more philosophy. And I think really what's happening here is you're just posing another option. You're saying Mm -hmm. that by doing less, you can make more. And that's totally viable too. And I think Mm -hmm. that is such a powerful message and so important. Like, I scream it from the rooftops important because even just opening our minds up to the fact that there could be another way that it doesn't have to be the hustle, hustle, hustle. It doesn't have to be more clients, more money, harder. Our health fails because of it. Our relationships fails because of it. Like no one actually wants that. No one gets into entrepreneurship because they want those things. (laughs) So when you start opening up your mind to the fact that there can be a different way, start asking yourself the question, how can this be easy? How can I do this work in the world and still get the things I want out of life? Mm -hmm. And you start answering those questions first before you go into the, you know, the kind of default option of the work you've always been doing or the way you've Mm -hmm. always been doing it. It can just be such a powerful shift and it can totally transform the way you show up and not just default to it because we've been programmed to think that 
more at the sacrifice of ourselves is better. Totally. I love the way you put it. How can this be easy? I feel like that's a question that I ask myself at the beginning of each day, at the beginning of each task of like, okay, this is a really big project. How do I make this as simple as possible while still getting the desired result? Yeah, that's also been a transformative way that I've started to look at the way I run my business and the way that I complete my work. And that has really taking on that, that method has opened up so much free time for me because I'm being efficient. I'm being productive. I'm cutting out the nonsense, the tasks that aren't critical. And I've really been able to open up a lot of time to spend inside my life. And I've really been able to minimize the amount of time that I spend at my desk simply by asking myself, how can I make this as easy as possible? I love it. And how can it be as simple as possible too? I think that was a great way of putting it as Mm -hmm. well, because I think a lot of times we think that it has to be complicated and it has to be hard or it's not worth as much. And I think that story is dangerous because then we're constantly going to be trying to work harder instead of working smarter. And that's, (laughs) that doesn't work out well. So. So I think that's super powerful. So I know sometimes you talk about a little bit about how putting these boundaries around our work and our life is sort of a form of self-respect. And I'd love it if you could talk about that a bit more. Yeah, I have to be 100% honest. Whenever I hear the term self-care, I cringe a little bit. And I was doing some thinking, like, why Why is that? Because I am such a, on one hand, I'm such a proponent for self-care, this entire conversation has been about creating boundaries around your work so that you can live live more freely inside your life. That's the whole basis of self-care, right? Is, Is establishing boundaries so that you can take care of yourself. But something about that term makes me cringe a little bit. And I think it's because it feels a little bit self indulgent. And it only feels self indulgent if we don't first understand our own worth and our own value. And for me, establishing boundaries around how I communicate, establishing boundaries around my office hours when I will and will not work really stems from understanding my value and and respecting that value. And so I think once you start observing your value and you start respecting yourself through that, self-care almost becomes less important because when you start valuing your time, you stop taking on projects that maybe don't have the biggest return on investment. You, once you anchor into self-respect, you are, you start to say no very comfortably to clients when they ask for things that might be unreasonable. And so in doing that, you, you actually start managing your time better. So then you're working less. And when you work less, you have less of a chance to burn out. And if you're not burning out, you have fewer moments where you're like, oh, I just need a vacation or I just need a bubble bath or whatever that that thing is that you do to to unwind and have that self-care moment because you've already established boundaries that limit the amount of time that you spend working. Does that make sense? 
Yep. That totally makes sense. And I think, (laughs) no, I think so for me, what it comes down to, I talk a lot about self-care, but for me, it comes down to deep self-care. So I think that, you know, when we think of self-care, we think of the surface level things. We think of like those basic things like getting a manicure, pedicure, getting a massage, taking a bubble bath, reading a book, going for a walk. And I mean, those are all super important. They're all great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not diminishing any of those. I mean, mani-pedis for everyone. But but what I want to point out is deep self-care goes a lot deeper than that (laughs) as it's. Yes. But I mean, I think when you're talking about self-respect, to me, that's a form of deep self-care. You're saying that I fundamentally believe that the work I am doing in the world is important and I can only do my best work when I am respecting myself in these ways. And me respecting myself in these ways is going to show up tenfold in the work that I do and it's only going to benefit those around me. But when we don't do the work for deep self-care, that's when we find ourselves scattered and overwhelmed and inconsistent and you know that kind of like fly by the seat of our pants feeling. And I think that's why we reach for those bubble baths and the massages yes. and the manicure pedicures is because we we want to like slap a Band-Aid on it. We want to say like- It's a short-term like, solution. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We want to be like, oh no, I'm not taking care of myself. Better better slap a Band-Aid on it. Better find a quick fix for that. And exactly. I don't- I don't always think it's that easy. And I think when we start going a little bit deeper and saying, what are some of the fundamental ways that I can take care of myself right now? And how can I, how will that only benefit me and my business and my partners and my clients and all of the other people in my life? That's where that self-respect comes in. And that's where boundaries come in and how boundaries are actually a good thing in our life and how I think we all need to embrace them more because of that. Totally. Yep. 100% with you. On that one. I love it. Okay. So Sarah, tell me if listeners love what they heard from you today and want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Great. A great place to find me would be on Instagram. So that's at made by canopy. They can also find my work and a free downloadable resource by heading to madebycanopy.com. So that's the same as my Instagram handle, just with a www in front of it and a .com at the end. I'd love to see them on Instagram and have them join the conversation about, about integrating boundaries into the work life. Yes, everyone, you absolutely need to go check out Made by Canopy on Instagram. Sarah's Instagram feed is beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you can tell a lot of thought and hard work goes into it. So definitely join the conversation over there. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. Thanks, Amanda. I really appreciate you having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandadunnelly.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, each month I'll be picking one reviewer to win a vision board design coaching intensive with me so you can create your own definition of success. If you're looking for more support in creating a beautiful, balanced life and thriving, successful business, head over to amandadunnelycom slash free call and book my free Simplifying Success Coaching Call, where I'll help you identify one simple shift you can make to cultivate a success mindset and start seeing results now. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift.
mine's not in my email signature. I just put it in my client contract that okay. these are office hours and, you know, you can expect a response between 22, look, 22. Of 24 to 48 or hours. 22 <laughs> or 22 <laughs> you never know. 